Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Back for the third time this week as we discuss the fallout from a memorable UFC 257 event this past Saturday night, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which saw Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler reign supreme with memorable finishes in the main and co-main events, respectively. And as always, thank you so much for listening, you crazy, crazy people, especially after... This entire eight-day stretch in Abu Dhabi. But I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always in this crazy thing called matchmaking is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity, Mr. Alex Gailey. How you doing, my friend, after a crazy night, a crazy week, as a matter of fact? Listeners, if you have been watching and listening and keeping up with every MMA fighting podcast and show this week... You have probably seen approximately like 60 hours, uh, see or heard like 60 hours of my best friend Mike and or myself and other members of our staff this week. So, uh, so hopefully you did. Hopefully you did listen to all that and we are just, we are in your, in your, your nightmares. That is, that is, uh, the positive note that I want to open this show. No, uh, it's been a, yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been so great. Uh, we've gotten so much support from viewers. And there's been so much to talk about. It's 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 funny. I, I'm glad we we've kind of taken it one show at a time. I think when I look back on this week, I'm, it's like uh, we have a bunch of storylines that I think we'll be remembering. Even even in this crazy world of MMA, we'll we'll be remembering this week when the year end comes, and uh, and and might see some of the storylines pop up in our best of lists. I don't I don't know, but yeah, uh, a solid solid return to Fight Island for the UFC. I would agree with that, and I think one of the more memorable moments of 2021 will be from the main event. So let's just get right into this thing. Dustin Poirier shuts a lot of people up in the headliner. He knocks out Conor McGregor in the second round. Poirier and his coaching staff, phenomenal game plan. They grapple with Conor early. They build confidence in Dustin throughout the first round. 
come out firing with hard leg kicks in the second that really got to Connor. You could see just how uncomfortable he was getting as the seconds were wearing down. And then Poirier lands big shot, then the flurry, and he ultimately puts Conor McGregor away. Huge win. Despite even being an interim champion, this was the biggest win of his career, and it seems obvious that his next fight will be for the lightweight title, most likely a vacant title fight. But the options, in terms of opponents, aren't as clear right this second. So, especially if you watched us at Poirier's post by press conference, now you're just like, what the hell is going on? So, what do you think happens here, AK, after that incredible moment for Dustin Poirier on Saturday night? I don't know what you mean, Mike. It's very clear to me. Uh, and and, and this, is, this, is a, this is definitely a, uh, not a trying to help everyone understand what could happen. No, no, no. This is, if I could magically make the next matchup for Dustin Poirier, what would I do? I am going... Poirier versus uh, I need a little bit more preface here in a fair and just world Mike a fair and just world that I want to live in Poirier fights Charles Oliveira for a vacant lightweight title that is the that is the fair and just matchup is it the most marketable matchup probably not is it uh, are there I mean could you argue that some people are more deserving than Oliveira maybe I would say no. I think Oliveira's should be guaranteed a title shot. But it, I'm sure there's, like I said, there's names ahead of him, even some rematches that people would want to see with Poirier. But no, if I'm calling the shots, Oliveira has done everything he can do. He's eight straight wins. He's finished everyone. He, he's Yes, he's got some weird loss on his resume. Guess what? So does Poirier. So so they're coming from the same, uh, a similar narrative. And, and I think it's time to reward Oliveira with that shot. And I think Poirier should get, again, reward him with another shot at the undisputed title. So... I'm I'm putting I'm not considering any alternatives. Dustin Poirier, uh, Charles Oliveira. That's that's the one. I want to preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I completely agree with you. The fight to make the fair and just like remember in 1992, fair to flair, fair to flair. This is like the fair to flair uh-huh, uh-huh. when it comes to Dustin Poirier in the lightweight division and Charles Oliveira specifically. This is the fight to make. But I had a feeling you were going this direction as well. So allow me to put myself instead in the shoes of the UFC brass here. And the answer is Michael Chandler. Now, if you watch the preview show, I picked Michael Chandler to beat Dan Hooker. But to do so in a way that would put him in a position to probably win one more fight and then maybe get to a title shot. He gets to the halfway point of the first round and blasts Dan Hooker and puts him away viciously in a way that nobody had done before. Yes, I know Hooker was finished by Edson Barboza, but that was kind of an accumulation of damage throughout that just built and built and got more uncomfortable as the fight went on. But this was like the first punch to the face that Chandler threw and landed. It was just like one shot, dropped Hooker, put him away quickly. It was just wild. And... Especially in this sport, especially with casual viewers actually checking this one out because Connor was on it, I think a lot of people want to see it. This is not the hardcore fans fight, but this is like the casual, hey, I'm just getting an MMA now or I'm trying to get back into it kind of fight. Because let's think about it from a business perspective. Michael Chandler, not a cheap acquisition. They spent a ton of money on him just bringing him in. They spent even more money trying to promote him and push him in October as the backup fighter to Namagamadov versus Gaethje. And he's gotten this big promotional push. I just have a hard time believing that after all of this push and him delivering a performance like that, that he's not going to be rewarded with the title shot. So I think the UFC is going to do absolutely everything in their power to put together Poirier versus Chandler. Poirier may not be in love with it, but he can say what he wants. 
He wants to check that last box in this Hall of Fame career of his. So there's one thing he's got left to do, and that's become the undisputed champion of the world. So if the UFC says, Dustin, I'm going to give you your undisputed title shot, but you got to fight Michael Chandler, I think he will ultimately say yes to that because I think he believes he can win that fight. I think it's probably, and this is no disrespect to Michael Chandler, but if you're talking Gaethje, Oliveira, if you're talking Michael Chandler, I mean, just being honest, Chandler's probably the, I'm not going to say the easier of the three fights, but probably the most winnable of the three fights if you're Dustin Poirier. So, unfortunately, for the show's sake, this knocks two winners off the list for me. But I, I honestly, I think we're going to see Poirier versus Chandler, okay? I prefer Oliveira, but, but I can't remember the last time the UFC, maybe if ever, has done this good a job uh, of bringing in a new a new name for UFC fans, not a new name in MMA, of course. Chandler is a, is a veteran and Bellator star. Building him up in this way so that, yes, he was in actually in position to deliver and could conceivably... He could... If this if that title fight was announced next week, you would ha- hear very little complaint. Again, you'd hear people saying, yo, Oliveira should get it. Or like you said, oh, why not Gaethje? Why don't we see a Gaethje-Poirier rematch? You, you'd hear it. You'd hear it. But it would not be... Uh, there would not be a huge groundswell. There were a lot of people saying... Yes, I want to see Chandler, and like especially from the casual set. Maybe some people seeing him for the first time, you know, who are just like, "Who is this guy? Why is the UFC? You know, why are they still behind him?" And then they see that knockout, and they're like, "Okay, I need to see this guy again." You know, it, it was like a positive, uh, "Who the f is that guy?" You know, uh, McGregor's famous, "Who the f is that guy?" It was like that, but in a good way. It was like, "Who the f is that guy?" I need to know more. Uh, so yes, I, I again, I much, much, much prefer Oliveira, but boy, no one's gonna argue if Chandler Poirier gets made. The UFC does deserve a lot of credit. You're absolutely right for putting Chandler in this position. But Chandler, good on him, man, for taking this and running with it. I, I went to Twitter as soon as he finished knocking him out, and I said exactly this. Dear dear Michael Chandler, do not waste this opportunity. Maximize your time on the microphone. Call your shot. And man, did he ever. That was amazing. That was an A++. Plus plus. I, I couldn't type plus fast enough, AK, or enough times. It was beautiful. I, I am going to deduct a I'm going to deduct a point for uh, being too too proper with his grammar. Uh, yeah, yes, I understand it was a rehearsed promo, which is good. I I've, I've told you I'm in favor of rehearsed promos. If you if you are going to nail your moment and you don't feel 100 percent you're like someone who's like he's a great and he's really good with the media too. But I think he even he knows I, I need to get this right. I can't just fire this off the cuff. So I don't know if he rehearsed it, but certainly something he maybe at least wrote a few notes down before just in case he won. Uh, but as he was calling out Nurmagomedov, Medov, it was just so it was so grammatically perfect. And I'm a grammar nerd, so I I couldn't ignore it. And it was just like, and you, Khabib, if so, if you decide that you shall one day fight again, then this, then I, Michael Chandler, UFC lightweight, shall be here waiting for you. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? You nailed it. You nailed it. It could have been a little more organic. But you, but you definitely got your point across. And A plus, uh, if this were an assignment, A plus on, on, on grammar for sure. Oh man, yeah, I loved it, and I love the way you presented it too. But if he had just come out and just been like, "I'm just so happy to be here," you know, whatever oh, the UFC wants, I'm not. Oh, he's not getting a title shot. That promo put him over the top, and uh, good on him. Now, when it comes to Conor McGregor, there's always options for Conor because he's the biggest star in the sport. This is going to be a sort of a theme, I believe, between the two of us, AK. This is just too easy to me because the UFC is now in a position where you can finally put together the Nate Diaz trilogy fight. Like, it'll be massive. Nate is a star. 
We haven't seen Nate since UFC 244 when he lost to Jorge Mazadal. And you know what? When you match those two guys up, no one's going to care. No one's going to care that he lost to Mazadal. No one's going to care that Connor just got knocked out by Dustin Poirier, the first knockout loss of his career in the UFC. This is the easy fight to make. I know I'm far from alone on this, but it's as simple as it gets considering where he's at coming off a loss like this. I just don't see any other viable option. Agree or disagree? I've joked that uh, McGregor, whatever happens, you know, could go on to fight a Paul brother or, you know, I assume the Manny Pacquiao fight is off the table now, though he was still, it was brought up to him at the press conference and he said, uh, and he, and he kind of said that it, it was, he thought it was a done deal before, maybe not now, um, but didn't say exactly why the fight fell through, yeah, um, even before, I think, last night's fight. So I still think, you know, there's a chance he dabbles in boxing, but if we're talking about staying in MMA, yeah, so especially with, I think, Nate Diaz, some, who was it saying? I don't know if his manager himself, someone saying that his, the, uh, Dana White, maybe that the plan was for uh, Diaz will, will probably drop back to 155, and I still think he can. I know he's a bit older now, but uh, he's disciplined enough. He has the kind of diet for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you all the way. Uh, let's not try and ice skate uphill here, people. McGregor Diaz 3 should have happened a long time ago. It's beyond wins and losses, as you said, Mike. Uh, they could both be on two-fight, three-fight losing streaks. One of them could be on a three-fight winning streak. The other could be on a three-fight losing streak. It doesn't matter. There's... It's almost promotional malpractice that that second fight hasn't been made. Um, again, I'm sure there's reasons. McGregor's own aspirations, doing other stuff outside of the UFC. Diaz is not giving an F. And uh, and, the UFC, and and the UFC probably not wanting to shell out what both these guys are demanding. I imagine they'll probably want a lot of money. And, and trust me, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. It might cut into their profit margin a bit. But a third fight, it will still be end up maybe being uh, easily, easily the top 10 uh, of the pay, uh, pay-per-view buys of all time. Uh, maybe even top five if you get the build right. So I'm all for that. The other name I'll throw out there. This was mentioned on uh, the post-fight show we did the other night, Mike. By and I said I said I would sh- I would shout this person out. Credit to Isaiah and Jane. Apologize if I mispronounce for suggesting a Max Holloway rematch, uh, which certainly which certainly hey we just saw the Poirier rematch from from McGregor's featherweight days. Why not another featherweight callback uh, to the Max Holloway fight? Could certainly be done. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't dislike that idea. It's, it, and that puts Holloway in an interesting position because there's no way he's not next for the title at 145 after the Ortega or Volkanovski versus Ortega fight. But you know what if he decides to just give up that spot and fight Connor instead? Then he probably falls back in the title conversation. So some options for Holloway as well. He said he said he's not chasing the belts, and and I, and I'm not as confident he gets the third Volkanovski fight if if Volkanovski beats Ortega, which I do expect. I am picking Vol, uh, Volkanovski in that fight, so. If he doesn't want to, you know, again, dabble in the, oh my gosh, will they book a trilogy or not? And somehow that McGregor, McGregor fight comes down the pipeline. Uh, I think Holloway obviously bite on that for sure. Forget forget featherweight. You can always come back down. I'll throw out another name that I've seen a lot on social media. A lot of people want to see McGregor versus Tony Ferguson. That seems a very, a very popular choice. I will, I will say I don't love that fight. I would watch it. I'd be intrigued by it because you get two very powerful personalities two very interesting styles but I, I don't know how you feel like i need to see tony ferguson get a win under his belt first before he fights connor did, did he did he invent mcnuggets ferguson? Yeah. i want to say he did well i mean like mcdonald's invented mcnuggets but i, I mean oh, in well, terms yeah. of in terms of mcgregor <laughs> yes yes yeah. fair enough fair enough uh Yes, but yeah, I, I do think he's the one who came up with that that uh, brilliant insult. So, uh, and, th- and on that alone, perhaps he's earned a fight. Uh, listen, I'd watch it, but not my first choice. Oh, everyone, everyone would. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So I already match made for Chandler. Yeah. Um, and sure, you could do Gaethje or Oliveira against Michael Chandler if they go another route for Poirier, but I think Chandler will ultimately get the title shot. Uh, what say you for Chandler? And uh, even if you want to throw Dan Hooker in there and say say some words about him, what are your thoughts on the co-main events and the aftermath? I'll touch upon Chandler quickly. I I, uh, I think... Um... I, I am fixated on a Dosanio Skaichi match. There's no, there's no. I, I, this is not based on any rumors or anything. There's no necessarily buzz around it. It's just a fight I really want to see, and I think it makes sense for them. I know Skaichi can probably hold out for a higher ranked name, but it's just I really, really like that matchup. I've wanted it since uh, RDA's last win. I still think it's a good one. So, so I want. I would have Chandler match up with with my theoretical RDA. Gaethje winner. That's sort of my preference. So I'm kind of doing a, a bit of matchmaking upon matchmaking here, uh, and you know, again, that's that's what we do. So uh, again, not not against Chandler Poirier at all. But but if uh, if that doesn't happen, and again, I, I like I said, I prefer uh, Poirier Oliveira. I think Chandler Dos Anjos Gaethje, dangerous fight for Chandler. It would suck because again, he's done everything he can to put himself into position for a title shot. So he, really, he could only stand to lose. Especially, I mean, if, even if you beat Gaethje, I think you lose something. You lose a part of your soul. But uh, I would just love to see that fight uh, as as a fan, as a fan, not, not worrying about oh who gets a title shot out of those three guys. What does it mean if they lose? I I'm putting that aside. I just would really, really, really like to see that fight. Hooker, you know, I saw a lot of good reader suggestions. I'll leave it to that for now, Mike, and, and I'll leave it to you if you have if you have a hooker point you'd like to make. Dan Hooker's great. Yeah, I, uh, I disagree with our uh, with our colleague Casey Lydon, who's saying that he needs to go all the way back and fight somebody outside of the top fifteen. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, if you did like a Hooker versus Ferguson, I'm cool with that. Uh, there are matchups out there for Dan Hooker. That I mean, listen, the loss is, is is a tough one. He had two amazing fights last year. 
And if he fought the Dustin Poirier he fought in June, if he fought like a Dustin Poirier from two years prior to that, he he finishes Dustin Poirier. Poirier's composure in his chin has just gotten vastly better after all this time, which is kind of bizarre to say in a sport like this that your chin actually gets better. I know he went up a weight class, but he's just so much more durable now than he was before. And the calmness he showed in that moment, I mean, Hooker was seconds away. If there's another referee in there, Dan Hooker could have a knockout win over Dustin Poirier. Like, that's how close he was to putting that fight away in the second round. So this loss sucks. He got caught. He's going to be kicking himself. And he's going to have a lot of time to stew on it in a long quarantine. So I don't know if he... We're we're still waiting, waiting to hear, like his response to all this because he did take his gloves off in the octagon so i don't know what that means i don't know if it's just frustration or if he's done either wouldn't surprise me if if we're being honest but uh i still think there's plenty of fights for dan hooker i still think he has a a large fan base and if you look at like the youtube numbers dan hooker did very well people people care about the man yeah look if dan hooker throwing the gloves in i i don't think it was retirement i think it was a i'm done with this bs for now I just, I just need a break. I, I think it all hit. I, I think it all hit him at once. All the time he'd put into this fight, and for it to end so quickly, and all the time ahead before he gets to go back to New Zealand and see his family. I think we've said it's going to be like until February. He's, uh, I mean, I know that's a, a week away, but like, I mean, we mean like mid February, not not the first week of February. It's going to be a while. Let me put it this way: longer, longer than a man who just was in a brutal fight should have to wait to see his his wife and children. Okay, so uh, you you have to sympathize with the guy. I. One other reason I don't really want to match me for him is I don't even want to see him fight again until like September, until second last quarter, or second half of of 2021. He needs to he needs to take 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 a break. He was in two wars in 2020, um, and then yes, this is a harsh knockout. So uh, take a break, Dan Hooker, and and I'm sure I, I do think we will see him fight again. Joanne Calderwood got back into the win column. She had a great showing against Jessica I. She looked really good in this fight. It was a uh... My opinion, AK, and I don't know how you feel. This is this is one of her best performances overall from start to finish. The women's flyweight division, as we said at the end of 2020, very, very interesting right now. What would you like to see next for JoJo, AK? It was a great performance. Uh, a, a very composed. Jessica, again, I know people people make give Jessica a lot of a lot of a guff, but she can be a really frustrating opponent to fight. She's she's in your face all the time. Uh, she smiles a lot during the fight. That can't make you happy, you know. There's, there's just an attitude about her. I think people. I think the attitude that people don't like about her outside of uh, the octagon sometimes uh, it carries over into her fights. And it's look, she's had a successful career, right? So, uh, yeah, great performance by JoJo. Uh, Mike, I don't want her to have to fight again before getting a title shot. I I don't want her to have to fight again. Jessica Andrade shouldn't have to fight again. Uh, Lauren Murphy shouldn't have to fight again. I don't want. I, I know, I know, it's crazy. Like the flyweight division is is it's so weird. It's it's so good right now. And any of those matchups, if you match up through any of those three women, it's awesome. You know, I, I can't complain, but it just feels like they've all done enough. You know, whether they, you people think they can beat Shevchenko or not, it doesn't matter. Shevchenko has to defend against somebody, and I think those three women have done have done everything they can do. They've had the great runs, experience, just just awesome. So, in a perfect world, Shevchenko defends the title three times in like a two month stretch, uh, and then takes the rest of twenty twenty one off. But I, I don't think we'll see that happen. I would just. That'd be, that'd be a huge flex. So I'm going way outside the box here. And if JoJo has to fight again, I want it to be in a fight that I think is very, very winnable for her and I think would provide some personal vindication. I, I'm going wild random here. Uh, this was a fight, a rematch, uh, that happened at 115 pounds a long time ago. JoJo's first career loss. I would like to see her get a chance to fight Marina Moros. 
uh, and avenge that loss. She uh, that was her first after the Ultimate Fighter. I think she was nine and zero at the time, and then uh, she got upset. It, it, this was definitely an upset at the time. Morose came out of nowhere, caught her with an armbar. I, I don't think that happens again, and I think Calder would, would like to get the chance to prove that. So this, I think most of this episode, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Early, it's pretty simple. This is the toughest one, because we have no idea what's happening at the top of this division. Absolutely no idea. Because nope. it, seems, it seems like Jessica Andrade is going to get the title shot against Valentina, and that makes a lot of sense, but, I mean, we don't know anything. Like, we haven't heard anything at all. Lauren Murphy, who could get a title shot and no one would complain about it. She's probably going to have to fight one more time. We talked about this a lot on Wednesday. You could do the Chukagian rematch. You could do Murphy versus Calvillo. There's some heat there. You got Jennifer Maya in the mix at number four, so she could play a factor in this as well. But the problem for JoJo is she's fought most of these women already. She hasn't fought Lauren Murphy, but listen, here's the thing. Calderwood got to a title shot. All right, I know that she got to a title shot. She was booked. Fight didn't happen. She took a different fight. She took a risk. It fell through. But when Joanne Calderwood got that title shot, the division was far less interesting than it is right now. I mean, leaps and bounds, far less interesting than it is right now. We were just looking for fresh contenders. Like anybody with any kind of impressive win over any sort of a name that's any way recognizable you were in the conversation for a title shot. And this is no disrespect to JoJo. That's just realism. That's just pure honesty and facts. JoJo looked great on Saturday against Jessica. But we cannot ignore the fact that she is 2-2 two and two in her last four fights. And when you have all these contenders, putting her in a title fight just doesn't make any sense. And the other win was a split decision against Andrea Lee. It was a very close fight. I thought Calderwood won, but there's discussion there. Like, if you wanted to make an argument for Andrea Lee... I'd probably argue back at you, but if you made a compelling thing, maybe I would be like, all right, I understand where you come from. Joanne Calderon needs another win. She might need two to even get back in this conversation. And this is, part of this is a lame answer because we're going to have to wait and see how the, all this plays out and how this all gets put together. I mean, you got Viviana Arruja out there who I think is above JoJo right now. So unfortunately, she's going to have to fight backwards so I'm going with the fight I selected after UFC 255 and going back to the well. You do Joanne Calderwood versus Antonina Shevchenko. You want to get the champion's attention? You beat the sister. That might be the best available option to her right now and probably the best path to a title shot considering the logjam up the top. Beat her sister, get in Valentina's head a little bit. That's, the, that's your best path to get back to a title fight or even in that discussion. So I'm sticking with it, AK. I, I think I, I as good as as good as JoJo looked, I feel like the division has just moved so much forward momentum wise that that win is great, gets her back in the win column, but she basically just held her spot. Uh, first of all, I'm ignoring the Jennifer Maya loss uh, that uh, Calderwood took. That fight shouldn't even count. Yeah, it should come for Maya. Good for her. Got her a title shot. So in my eyes, Calderwood has won four of her last five fights. The Maya thing was a stay busy, doing the UFC a favor fight. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have even taken it. So four of last five for Calderwood, in my eyes. I'm being selected <laughs> here. Secondly, BS. Secondly, are you using poor Antonina as a prop uh, to build up a Calderwood-Shevchenko fight? That's so, it's so pro wrestling of you. How, how, <laughs> you gotta, you, oh, I'll give you your shot. You're going to go through my, my brother. and You're going to go through my sister first. 
uh, and then a lot of interference from uh, Valentina, of course, in that fight, uh, should that fight happen. But I, <laughs> how, how dare you use Antonina as a prop for this uh, val- possible Valentina-Jojo matchup? It's not a prop. I wanted Antonina to get that fight after her last performance. After she beat yeah. Ariane Lipsky, I wanted her to fight Jojo then. I thought she she improved that much that I thought, and listen, I don't think Shevchenko's like a super big underdog in that fight. I think the lines are pretty close. Because, I mean, if we saw the improvements from the previous Shevchenko fight to what we saw against Ariane Lipsky at UFC 255, I mean, those are two different people. Two different fighters. You know what's different is your Antonina takes from this episode to, like, the very early... People go back, you know what, early, here's an early, early check the tapes. I, I, I'm not... Look, 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 Mike's shaking his head. I'm just saying, Mike was very unimpressed with some of Antonina's results uh, before... <laughs> When we first started recording the show, and, and I'm not saying that's unfair. That she she it's not like she's a top ten uh, person. I mean, admittedly, a lot some some of her notoriety was coming, of course, because she's she's Valentina's sister, and she had a very nice record before coming to the UFC. Uh, but I'm I, I am glad to see that Mike has turned around and has a lot of nice things to say about Antonina because we had some again check some of those early episodes. I'm just saying I'm just saying when Antonina's came up when Antonina's name came up, we had a lot of Mike going like nah, not even in the discussion. Let me just let me just clarify this once Defend more, yourself. okay? I, let me just clarify this once more. My issue was never with Antonina Shevchenko. My issue was with the UFC matchmakers because mm. the matchmaking was was atrocious, mm-hmm. atrocious. Hey, Antonina, you ready to make your octagon debut? How about you fight Roxanne Modafferi? Like, are you <laughs> nuts? Are you insane? That is the worst decision you can make. What is wrong with you? You know? Oh, you know what? Good, good attempt. You know what we're gonna do? We're going to put you in there with Caitlin Jukagian next. What? Are you crazy? Like, that is not how you build a prospect. That is not <laughs> how you build a prospect. It's just terrible matchmaking. I felt bad for Antonina Shevchenko. I wasn't against her performances. I just thought she was put in, like, an unwinnable position. It sucked. But now, in a way, maybe it wasn't the worst thing for her because maybe those tests put her in this position because she looked amazing in November. Amazing. And I think she would give JoJo a run for her money. I think that's a great fight. And I think it's the best option for JoJo. It just sucks. It just sucks. Her taking that Maya fight was a terrible mistake, and she'd be the first one to admit it. Yeah. But there you go. 125, so interesting. Way more interesting than it was coming out of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, So we saw a very impressive showing from Mahmoud Muradov. Puts away Mm -hmm. Andrew Sanchez in the third round. In the middleweight division, he has now won 14 fights in a row. This guy is super legit. AK, I'm ready. I am ready to put this man to the test right away. This man, this man that I'm going to put him up against may not like it, but I want to see Muradov again, and I want to see if he can swim, so to speak. I'm ready to do it. Let's give him Brad Tavares and see what happens. I think it's perfect. It gives us a chance to... Get a more realistic glance at Muradov's ceiling. And also we could see if if this now healthy, rejuvenated Brad Tavares is this guy ready to go on another run like he believes he can. So this is my pick. I think it's easy. We don't like to necessarily match make from the same card that often. But in this case, I think it makes perfect sense. What do you think? Let's be honest here. Uh, Tavares versus Carl's Jr. was the battle. I should have thought. Of, I can't let anything this before they fought. The battle of the middleweight middlemen. Okay, these are the two guys that we, that we always, most people say. Okay, when someone's as you as you literally just outlined, when someone's climbing up 185, usually you end up fighting either Carlos Jr. 
or Brad Tavares, and then and then you end up getting a, a ranked a proper ranked opponent. Um, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense in that way. And by the way, that fight, my goodness, that was a delicious middle. Uh, uh, that was a middleweighty middleweight fight, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's I know I know when I say this, some people don't understand what I mean. But the middleweight division for the longest time still is it still is. I was has the most fights that seem just not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. They're kind of listless. They're kind of monotonous. It's like the fight. A lot of fighters in the division are well-rounded, but don't quite have an A-plus skill. Don't have a great finishing ability. And that's how I would describe both Tavares and Carlos Jr. Carlos Jr. a little bit more on the ground. I mean, obviously his A-plus skill is his grappling, but he just doesn't always get it there. And when he doesn't get it there, you get these medium to high-level sparring sessions. Uh, and again, I know it sounds, it sounds very derogatory, but again, both these guys have been in the UFC for a long time. So when I say this, they've had a great success get, getting these kinds of fights. So more power to them. Uh, they, have, they are both excellent fighters. Uh, they just are part of a division where some of the fights are just, you cannot distinguish from one from another. So thank you guys for delivering on the middleweight potential of your fight. <laughs> that said, uh, I, I, one, I like Tavares more for, uh, I like Tavares Sean Strickland. I don't know why I'm feeling that one. But uh, Morda, for me, actually, the easy one was uh, rebook Muradov versus Chris, Christoph Jocko. Jocko, I had to remind myself, is on a three-fight win streak. I think he's a stiff veteran test. So I really, along the same lines of thinking with Tavares, uh, it was really scheduled for October 31st. I have no problem running that one back. I, I still think uh, I think that's the one to break Muradov uh, into the, a firm spot in the top 20. If people don't have him there already, he's just on the outside of mine. And uh, and then after that, then it's for sure a top 15 ranked opponent if, uh, if Muradov can get past Jocko. People forget that we were days away from getting Murdoff versus Kevin Holland mm. on that October 31st card. What mm-hmm. a ridiculous fight that would have been. <laughs> I can't wait to... I, I have a feeling we will see those two guys fight at some point. Yes. And I'm, I am all in for that one. But we were so close to getting that fight. Just kind of sucks we didn't get it. But uh, turned out really well for Kevin Holland. What a year he had. And let's see if Murdoff can... Get close to that in 2021. So let us head to the main card opener, AK. Uh, we will begin with you on this one. Marina Rodriguez, massive underdog. I thought the lines were outlandish. This was uh, this is this is worse than DeCurico versus Joaquin Buckley, if we're being honest. She stops Amanda Hibas with strikes twice in like a 30-second span. Huge win for Marina Rodriguez. She derails the the Hibas train, and now she's in a primo position after going winless in her previous two fights. So what do you want to see after uh, just a, a, an impeccable kickoff to this main card? Well, I, I, I feel bad here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out a name that is among our list of fighters who is often brought up on our show by us and by our readers, usually brought up by us as alternates, and as, as our readers as suggestions, uh, like Ally Quinta, Gregor Gillespie, uh, Kevin Lee, people who have been away for either because we know they have injuries and we're just kind of, I don't know when they're going to be. Josh Emmett's another name that keeps coming up. Um, Josh Emmett finally did get booked, right? No. No. Anyway, so there's a, I see, I keep thinking yes. There's another name that keeps getting, there's a, there's a bunch. People know what I'm talking about. Anyone who listens to the show will know. There's always guys who bring up like, oh, or it could be this person, this person, this person, depending when they come back, blah, blah. So I'm breaking out uh, someone from the strawweight division who fits that description. I kind of want to see Rodriguez fight Tatiana Suarez uh, whenever Suarez comes back. And I know Suarez, I think I've heard aiming for summer return. Uh, and I don't know if Rodriguez wants to wait that long, for being honest, especially for someone who's a very tough opponent. But I also think that it indisputably, indisputably elevates her into the um, 
short list for a, a a title shot if she can beat Suarez. And I think Suarez still needs still needs to be tested. And Rodriguez would be a huge, huge, huge test for her because uh, you know we keep touting her as a future champion. But Marina Rodriguez is is no one's walkover. So this is definitely for me a, a test for both women um, to see to see who gets the title fight. I, I know there's a more obvious choice out there for Rodriguez, but I went away from that. I'm going Tatiana. So if they book that fight and she beat Tatiana Suarez, I mean, can you think can you think of a like tougher road for like your first five UFC fights in a women's division than like Marina Rodriguez would have? Hit she, me, Mike. She debuts against Randa Marcos, which if they fought now, Rodriguez is probably like a four to one favorite. No disrespect to Marcos, but this is 2018. Randa Marcos fights to a draw. Off the, off the contender series. This is her UFC debut. Then she fights Jessica Aguilar and just just runs right. She just rakes her. Just runs right through her. Uh, I mean, I know Jessica Aguilar was a bust in in essence. She wasn't the same fighter once she got to the UFC, but still at that time, impressive win. Then she decisions Tisha Torres, which is no easy feat. And more oftentimes than not, when Torres is in a position like this against a fighter like where Rodriguez was. Torres eats up her opponent pretty easily. Not this time. Rodriguez gets the win. Then she fights Cynthia Calvillo in a co-main event. And she won the first two rounds. And then Calvillo came back with a, with a great third round after Calvillo had a big weight miss. Fights to a draw. Then she fights Carla Sparza. Loses a split decision. Like, there are a lot of people who thought Marina Rodriguez beat Carla Sparza, who could be getting the next title shot. And now if you put her in there with Tatiana Suarez and she wins, she absolutely would get a title shot. She would jump everybody in my opinion because the strength of schedule is outlandish. And I'd be interested to see that fight. I do agree with you. I don't think she's going to want to wait that long. So in essence, this was the easiest pick on the entire card for me because I thought the winner was going to get the Michelle Watterson fight. He bosses original opponent for this card, and I'm sticking with that. They are around the same ranking, I believe, as we record. I think Watterson is like one spot above Marina. And come Tuesday... Marina might take her spot and be one spot above Watterson. A little flip-flop action. This is the fight. No need to overthink this one. Watterson is a is a name. It makes sense. Hebas probably would have got this fight to try to get the Watterson rub. She didn't win. Let's give Rodriguez the attempt at the uh, karate hottie rub there. That's my direction from the jump. This is too easy. It, it makes too much sense, doesn't it? I mean, uh, I have Watterson at eight in my rankings and uh, Rodriguez at nine. And by the oh, I say my rank is different from the UFC because I, I rank the champion as just one, so everyone's a good spot lower than they normally would be in the official rankings. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Watterson, frankly, has uh, probably a bigger name than Suarez. If we, just, again, among casual among casual fans, Watterson is one of the more out there, more uh, market, more, well marketed, excuse me, uh, fighters. So yeah, I mean, in terms of name value, it bumps her up uh, again. I I don't know, it puts her quite in that position for a title shot, but. Impressive victory and the right call out. Yeah, for sure. It could happen. Like I said, that resume is ridiculous. That USA resume is stacked. Yeah, I don't think it's a title shot win over Watterson, but it's it's title eliminator fight time if she does go in there and, and get Watterson. And let's be honest, you're gonna throw Watterson on a card at this at this day and age, you're gonna get one of two things. You're either getting on the main card of a big pay per view or you're headlining a fight night. So either is a pretty good spot for Marina. Rodriguez. So now we head to the wild card selections where we choose one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we go ahead and do it right now. So, AK, we will begin with you. Who is your wild card selection coming out of UFC 257? First off, my quick hits. Uh, look, I'm down for Juliana Pena to get a fight with Amanda Nunez after, after 
she fights the winner of Ketlin Vieta, uh, Yana Kuniskaya. So I, I, I'm on the Pena train, guys. I like the call out. I, I think she has the kind of personality that that's, can sell a title fight. But I understand the trepidation of, of people wanting to see her fight Nunez. And I'm not saying she could beat Nunez, but if Nunez does, my other reason for not making this my big pick is I don't know even know if Nunez ever defends the bantamweight title again. Like we said, I, a lot of us feel like she might retire in 2021. It could be after a big featherweight fight. It could be after maybe something happens with Kayla Harrison. That's just something I want to see. So, so that's why it's so it's so hard to say. Oh, well, Pena can just get a title fight. I, I, it's so dependent on what Nunez plans to do. Uh, Armin Strukyan, I future title contender. Gotta make that weight, brother. Gotta make that weight. Uh, so uh, I, I kind of I wanted to pick him, but I couldn't do it. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, uh, finish your finish your plate, my friend. Finish your plate, man. He street street rules. Let me tell you, street rules. I think he won that Fracknail fight. Street rules. Uh, scoring uh, the way an actual fight is scored, not even close. Not even, he got he he almost got blown out. I know I know people are gonna look at the two uh, the two uh, huge strikes he landed in the in the second round. He got he he flo- he almost floored Fracknail. Did not not a knockdown and head kick and then he head kicked him. And then the third round had a huge uppercut. Two times I thought he could have pounced. And again, this is backseat uh, fighting, by the way. I'm not in there with him. I'm not the guy. I'm not the one who hurts someone and then rushes in and gets uh, gets uh, Pat buried or Czech Congo the other way around. Sorry, and gets, <laughs> and gets Czech Congo. So it's easy for me to say, oh, round, oh, round, why didn't Roundtree just go in and finish? And it's like, because uh, look, if if I, I say that now, we could be talking about a crazy uh, marching Fracknell comeback KO uh, this morning if if uh, if Roundtree comes in and and, uh, and gets blasted. So. But obviously, I, I'm just saying it was it was uh, it, it hurt me almost to see Roundtree not win that fight because he was closer to finishing, but statistically he just got blown out in the strike. So you know you couldn't give him the decision. My pick, I gotta go with Avloyev. I'm going with Mosar Avloyev, who found himself in a strange situation, uh, having having to he he it's Lenz who stepped in on short notice, right? Yes, it was Lenz. No, 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 no. Lens, Lens was scheduled to fight Mike Grundy already. I, I keep saying this. Yes, you're yes. right. Yes. So Evloyev stepped in and they did a 150-pound catchweight, which is a very good idea. And uh, Evloyev won a quote-unquote split decision, which, no. Uh, Eric Cologne, no, you messed up. So a uh, unanimous decision win, really, by any other definition for Evloyev. And I would like to see him. It's not quite in my top 20 yet. It's close. I want to see him face another top. I'm going prospect versus prospect. Let's see him and uh, Sadiq Yusuf. Ooh, I thought we we're gonna have the same pick, AK. Oh, where are you going with this? I thought we we're gonna have the same pick. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna mimic everything you just said because I feel like we. I don't know. This is this has been a while since we've had back to back same wild card picks. But uh, I almost went with Amanda Hebus. I almost went with Sarukian. But I feel like if you miss weight. You don't get to be a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going with Evloyev as well. Tough veteran test. I think you need one of those. Nick Lentz is that guy. Uh, he was he faced a little bit of adversity, but then he went on to beat Nick Lentz for like 85 to 90 percent of that fight. I actually scored a 30-27 for Evloyev. Uh, if you scored a 29-28, that's fine. But I thought Evloyev, even though he was in the tight guillotine and things were getting a little a little sketch ball, I still think he won that round. But Nick Lenz, tough as nails, guy's awesome. Short notice for Avloya, very impressed with him. I'm ready to throw him in there with another really tough up-and-comer who was actually supposed to compete on this card, AK. I believe the UFC will ultimately go a different direction with one Hurricane Shane Burgos. I think they'll maybe give him someone like an Arnold Allen, maybe the aforementioned Sodiq Youssef, because Youssef's a top 10 guy. So that leaves one Canadian named... Hakeem 
Dawadu without a dance oh. partner. And Mavzar Evloyev likes to, shall we say, whip, nay, nay, and, uh, <laughs> and, and maybe bust out the, uh, the old uh, electric slide, AK. So that is my pick. In my yeah. own personal rankings, in my, play, in my, my own mind, I have Evloyev ranked higher than Dawadu. Oh. But this is the fight to make, AK. Like this is this division is so so deep that you're gonna have to put fights like this together. And even if they did like Evloyev versus Sadiq Youssef, I'm cool with that too. You just have no choice when you have a division this deep. I have Dawudu at 20. I have Evloyev at 21. So I have them right next to each other. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure why I skipped over Dawudu. Maybe I haven't given up on the Dawudu uh, Burgos matchup. Uh, even though even though by any indication there's, it's possible they could just move on from that. But uh, yeah, maybe I just haven't given up on that one yet. But for sure, I mean Evloyev, he's D- D- Dawadu, Yusuf, Burgos, he's Arnold Allen. I'm down with any any of that for Evloyev. He looked he looked great. The fact that Evloyev on two weeks' notice wasn't even breathing heavy in that fight with that pace. He didn't even have his mouth open at any point in that entire fight. It's just wild. That is a scary cat, man. Can't wait to see where he go. Where like what position he's in at the end of the year. So uh... the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You've heard from us already. AK, what do the peeps have to say? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, uh, so I've mentioned earlier this week, I want to kind of mix up the format a little bit because I do tend to sort of repeat myself. And I've wanted, of course, I want to shout at everybody, but you guys have been so so dedicated to, to, to getting your picks in. Uh, it's just, there's almost no time to mention everyone. So uh, I apologize, guys. Your name doesn't get mentioned. I'm reading out picks uh, first, starting off with some consen- almost consensus picks, kind of picks that multiple people had. We talked about earlier. Look, this poor A. Chandler thing. There's a lot of steam behind it. Uh, o- almost everyone who submitted picks, I would say, I would say three out of four. Three out of four of the readers who who submitted picks. Poor A. Chandler was was their number one option for what to do that. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we didn't mention this. Chandler versus Oliveira. There's again another, a bunch of people mentioned this. Why why was this? Why is this not something weird? Like, I mean, we'd love to see it, obviously, but why is it not like in our almost like in our top three of like options? Um, it's it's probably in my top three. Like yeah. I, I, I mean, there's, there's really only three places to go. You give Chandler the title shot. You give him Gaethje. You give him Oliveira. Like that's mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that that's it. Another one that came up more than once: McGregor versus Gaethje. Uh man, I don't know if this version of McGregor. If if I uh, unless you don't like McGregor, then have at it. Uh, I don't know if you want to throw this version of McGregor in there with Gaethje right now. I I I think McGregor could really get hurt. Um, I understand that's why some people buy a ticket. That's why some people buy a pay-per-view. He could really get hurt by Justin Gaethje. <laughs> I, I do not like that matchup for McGregor. Right now, I do not like that matchup for McGregor at all. But several people called for it. Um, as you said, Rodriguez versus Watterson, the obvious matchup. I would say almost 100% of the people who mentioned uh, Rodriguez picked Watterson. The other one they said, and, and this would be a, a, almost like a mirror match. I do find them very similar uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, Rodriguez and uh, Jacek. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, my man Marcel. He also said uh, Jan Jonan 
would be a, a fun option yes. for Marina I like Rodriguez. That. I like that too. Rodriguez really did a lot for herself with this. That <laughs> way. Really oh my did. goodness! Like so many options now, and re- really, at most, I'd say, like we said, if with the right matchup, probably one fight away from from, from at least being uh, on the short list for a title shot. Uh, a lot of buzz for Amoradov versus Strickland. So uh, yeah, okay, cool. I like that. I like that too. Uh, we got Pena versus Lad. Love that fight. Really? Love it. I, I think that's the fight to make. I like it too. I, for, I just for some reason thought, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Pena's win over McMahon, maybe I'm overrating it. I almost feel like it puts her above Lad. Uh, I'm not sure. I had to, to think about that. And then uh, Pena versus Aldana is another one that came up. So it's a lot of options for Pena as well. Big, important win. I saw this one. And I thought it was just one person. I think at least three people recommended this. Dan Hooker versus, and again, it's hard because we don't know this guy's coming back, but Dan Hooker versus a returning Kevin Lee. Like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm into it. Uh, Although, I will say this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please, yeah. I feel like we have to do Kevin Lee versus Islam Makachev. I think you have to make that fight. There's just so much heat there. Kevin Lee had been calling out Habib for so long. Oh, yes. And you're never going to see that fight. And there's been so much There's been so much heat between Lee and Makachev. They tried to rebook book this fight several times at this point. I feel like this is the comeback fight for Kevin Lee, but if they decide to book Makachev, you know, maybe you do the RDA fight or something like that. If they go that route, then yeah, I like I like that idea. I like how uh, Makachev has become our our. Uh, we have Habib at home meme, and then this is <laughs> Habib at home colon picture of Makachev. Uh, and there's no insult to Makachev. It's just I've seen a lot of people bring him up as a proxy uh, now that now that Habib is away. Oh, could we get Makachev versus uh, Tony Ferguson? That would kind of you know it's kind of really getting Ferguson and and Habib. And I'm like I, I, I guess <laughs> yeah sure. Uh, Tavares versus uh, Omari Ahmedov saw a, a, a couple times. Yeah, I'm down for that. Calderwood Chukagian rematch. Mm, I, yeah, it's fine. Eh. It's fine. Yeah, okay. I thought I had to mention it. And then uh, one that I th- that I saw a couple of times. I'm, I'm surprised it came up more than once. Was uh, battle of five and zero in the UFC versus four and zero in the UFC. Uh, Giga Chikadze versus Evloyev. So. I, I don't want to match them up. I'm, I, I know I do a lot of prospect versus prospect, uh, up and covers versus up and cover matchups. For some reason, I don't like that one. I just want to keep them apart. Yeah. That happens. Maybe it's, it's one is like just because they're two really solid prospects, and I feel like both of those guys could be in the title picture. So I almost want to wait and like let it burn for a minute. Plus, I don't know if it's like maybe the international vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like when you have two international fighters like that who are on the cup come up, you almost want to keep them away from each other until it's time. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you get that vibe. Yeah, I, yeah. There are certain times you have to book prospect versus prospect, but there's like levels to the prospect game. And I think both of these guys are on like the tippy top level when it comes to prospects. Yeah, look, look, we're we're, uh, we're ignorant North Americans. We tend to lump all these some of these guys. We just go Europe. Europe or or, or or Central Asia, you know, so we kind of lump them all together, uh, which I know is bad for us to do. But uh, yes, yes, you're like you said, international prospects. For some reason, it just feels better to to not not, not match them up if you can avoid it. I, I want to see them kind of flourish in their own way. Uh, going to Instagram quickly, we only had a couple of uh, a couple of our boys chime in here. Jacob Best, of course, our usual. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, the picks I just said. Uh, he wants the Hebus versus Angela Hill. I like that pick. That would have been yes. that, that would be my pick. Well, I think we've said though we kind of want to see Hill run it back with not run it back, but get the chance to fight uh, Tisha Torres. You know, just kind of rebook that one. But I do like I did the the, the, the Hill thing kind of jumped out at me. And then uh, Max Block on Instagram said, 
Hooker Felder. Now, I don't know if he is if he forgot that they fought less than a year ago or he just really wants to see that fight run back because it was a close one um, and also ruled, which helps. I would love to see that fight again. <laughs> again, if, honestly, yeah, if you booked that as the next fight for both guys, I'd be like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. I'm not going to I could. And then, and then you booked it again. I'd be like, yeah, give, give me a give me a five a five part series for Dan Hooker and Paul Felder. It's not good for them or, or, or their health or, their, or probably their the, the sanity of their families. But I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, and, and, and if Max did forget, I will say that uh, this is something that can happen if Felder fights again, gets a win. And like I said, if Hooker doesn't come back until way later in the year, uh, maybe doesn't even, and maybe even doesn't even fight again until 2022. I could see Felder wanting to run that. Like I said, it was a close fight, super entertaining. I could see Felder volunteering to, to do that one again. So it's, I know it sounds like a weird suggestion, but I'm going to say I think Max might be on to something here if we're looking really, really big picture. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Let's go to Twitter. Uh, solicitations from our own MMA fighting account. Uh, I asked about Juliana Pena. For the most part, most just people saying, no, I do not want to see her fight Nunez. Various variations of uh, n- it's not a close fight, but you know, not said in, in such a polite way as I just did. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm seeing Holly Holm. This is from Jerry at Shakedown ST. Uh, I think we joked, like, that's probably the fight that's going to happen, right? Because Holly Holm is the ultimate title fight gatekeeper right god i hope not (laughs) god i hope not like i i have not like i listen holly holm has done a lot in combat sports she has done a lot and oftentimes she has come through with some big moments there have been many times in her ufc run where she has not come through in big moments and it's it's been a long time since people have been like excited for a potential holly holm fight you know what i mean like when was the last time i was like oh i can't wait to see holly holm fight somebody the rematch of GDR is right there, and it's, it just seems too easy. Like, and I'm, I'm absolutely, especially after what we saw from both of those women, the last time they fought, I really have, we have to see what happens with Holman GDR. And if Amanda, and it's unfortunate because we don't know what's going to happen with Amanda Nunez. Like, she could go in and beat Megan Anderson, and just be like, I'm done, I'm out of here. Thanks, thanks for the cheese, peace out. Mm-hmm. Then you have to do Holm versus GDR for the vacant title. Like that fight has to happen. I'm not interested in seeing Juliana Pena versus Holly Holm right now. I'm just not. I'm just not. Holly Holm versus GDR is the fight to make. There's no other fight that makes sense. UFC on ESPN 24, headlined by Holly Holm versus Juliana Pena. It's coming soon. The trash talk would be outstanding. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, I asked about our boy Sarukian. Uh, again, unfortunately, he missed weight. A lot of people did not seem to care. Uh, so Chris Aguilar says uh, Drew Dober, Gregor Gillespie. Sure. Yuri Dietrich rebook Hackprast. I wouldn't mind it because he did miss weight. Normally, I would say I thought this win, I thought this win kind of moved him past the Hackprast fight. He did miss weight though. Kind I of, think that's of, the fight to make. And I think one, yeah, maybe just rebook it, right? And then uh, one that I think was brought up on our uh, post-fight show, Moicano. I don't know if you brought that up or if Reader brought it up or if Casey brought it up, but Casey I'm, Casey said Dan Hooker versus Moicano. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I prefer that. I, I don't know. I, I don't see Moicano and uh, Sur- I think Surukian. I kind of rate him, rate him a bit higher as a as a prospect, as it were. Um, but yeah, rebooking Hackprass. Yeah, I think I think Yuri Yuri. I think you are onto something here. And then I also asked about Rodriguez. I was just so thrilled with the performance. And I don't know. Let me just check quickly. Yes, uh, Lance at fight lore with a zero instead of a letter. No, uh, on Twitter he likes Joanna. Again, that's like I said, that's one that came up. Mm, here's one that. Oh, here we go. Sorry, this is what I want to mention. De on uh, Twitter says 
Uh, winner of Dern Ansarov. Maybe Ansarov. Dern, I I think she's above that fight. Above Marina? I think Marina. No, I think Marina is above Dern right now. Even oh, I, I certainly, know Dern is the big, certainly. Yeah, I know. I know Dern is the bigger star. I don't think a win. I know it sounds weird. I think Ansarov is a more is a little more veteran, experienced MMA. So I think she's more worthy of fighting Marina than Dern is. I don't know, but you know what? It's true. If Dern has a, a first round submission or something. The sky's the limit for her. So it's it's not out of the question. It's not like super crazy. I don't love it. Yeah, Dern's Dern's top. Uh, Ansarov's top five. So if Dern beats her, she's she jumps probably ahead of Marina. So. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I, I'm with you, I think, AK. Our boy Martin, at Mighty, at Mighty Magic Mart on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned. Did we mention Ferguson versus Herker? Uh, I think we just I like we we brought it up. We brought it up? I like it. I don't know. I'm into it. I'm it's into fun. it. Yeah. Brian Shea on Twitter. Brian P. Shea, excuse me, laid out a bunch. He wants to see Poirier versus Chandler. Gacy Fools versus Oliveira, number one contender. Uh Ferguson versus RDA, maybe a rematch, uh, which I wouldn't mind seeing run back if I'm being honest. Uh, McGregor Diaz three, of course, and uh, Hooker versus Diego Ferreira, who is booked, isn't he? Is he not? He's fighting Benil Dariush That's February sixth. But yeah, okay. if, if Diego wins that fight, sure. Oh, I see you answered, Mister Brian Shea. Oh, you've already, Mike, you're on top of things. You uh, okay? You've already you have already addressed this this uh, this these plans, and then casual. Eve, Eve, the hardcore casual on Twitter says, uh, Poirier versus Oliveira. Um, yes. Yes. That's what I, I'm, I'm sorry. We're so far in the show now. I've forgotten my own words. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was wondering, why did I, I was like, why did I make a note for this? Oh yes. Because Eve, Eve, the hardcore casual knows what the fight to make. It is Poirier versus Oliveira. So I meant, I meant to read that out with more enthusiasm. I blew it. I blew it. Uh, I got again. Got to go to got to go to a few of my boys in the DMs. I keep saying boys. You know what? Some of the, and also some of these people might be girls. I actually don't. I actually don't know. So so my peeps. Let's see. Some of my peeps in the uh, in the DMs. Uh, oh, I want to read this one all the way out. Aronsky uh, says Evloya versus Burgos, and he he says, look, two completely contrasting styles that will make for a weird and probably really good fight. My big caveat is that I want. Oh, okay, this is a good part. My big caveat is I want it to be in a fight night main event. Both guys deserve more eyes on them. I'm trying to think of a. I I, the only scenario where I see that happening is if it's booked as a co-main, and the main event falls off. And again, not to insult other guy, they just don't have that level of name recognition. But obviously, it's a fight a lot of MMA fans would tune in for. Yeah, I I don't see that being a main event anytime soon though. Yeah, I like the matchup. I don't like it yeah. right now, but I like it. I'd like yeah. to see what would happen. I think. I think the UFC really likes Shane Burgos, and I'm not saying that whoever they book Evloyev against, they don't like, but I feel like Burgos is kind of in a position where they're like, let's give him a guy like around the same rank or maybe even a guy above, uh, because they could do a lot with Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos is a, you know, a good a good representative of the company. He's a really good fighter. That fight with Josh Emmett was ridiculous. Um, and and you know what I like to see for Shane Burgos more in 2021 ak i'd like to see shane burgos in the broadcast booth like not oh. not in the commentator seat but put him on the put him on the broad put him on the desk with you know karen bryan and them like we saw walt harris did a phenomenal job we've seen michael chiesa we, we've seen some of these fighters get these opportunities i'd love to see shane burgos get that opportunity 
Yeah, no, he's good. He's, he's anyone who's watching the interviews with Burgos, very comfortable, very good uh, with speaking. And yeah, I bet he'd be a great analyst. Um, I'm going to run off really quickly four lightweight matchups. You tell me which one jumps out at you, Mike. Uh, Michael Pirogini wants Sarukyan versus Lee. Redwood Rebel likes Hooker versus Fizayev. Fizayev. <laughs> Ryan Doherty chiming in with Hooker versus Iaquinta 2. And CD coming in with Sarukyan versus Trinaldo. Hmm. I guess Hooker versus Fazeev is the obvious standout there, huh? <laughs> Man, like, that's one, crazy which fight. One, which one would you want to see the most? If I'm Dan Hooker, I'm like, eh, not really. I'll, I'll take some more time off. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it does nothing for Dan Hooker. Yeah. It does a lot for Fazeev. And if you haven't followed uh, Rafael Fazeev on Twitter, do so. Because he's, he's the best fall of 2021 so far. The guy is funny. Um, I like Sarukian versus Trinaldo because for me it's almost like a punishment for Sarukian. It's like it's like oh, it is like oh you're getting a good fighter on a win streak, but it's a it's a veteran. It's a guy who's been around forever. He's not going to be an easy fight. Beating him is only going to raise your profile like a little bit. Like it's not going to give you a big boost, but it's a fight you have to win. This is for missing. This is hey make that weight. All right. So that's why I like. That. I actually I actually think that I like it, and I think that will happen. I do think I think Sarukian Trinaldo is is going to happen. And lastly, our e- actually, I'm going to go back to Twitter at the end because I, I, I think I, I lied, Mike, uh, before the show. I was saying we did not have a wild matchup. We did have one that came in as we were recording. So I will go back to Twitter at the end. But very quickly, email shout out uh, Marcus McGahey, who normally hits me up on Twitter. I forgot him last week. He got his submissions in on time. I forgot to read them. So uh, he hit me up by email. So thank you, Marcus. Uh, Evloyev versus Dawadu, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, Prakniao versus Kendi and Zuchukwu. I just want to shout out Prakniao because we have not matched him up. I don't mind that at all. And then uh, the, the favorite of his, I liked uh, Pena versus Pennington, a battle of tough 18 teammates. I could see that. I, I, I don't know if people still Pen, – Pennington's still in that top 10. She's still firmly in that top 10. I know kind of people forget, keep, forget about her. I don't mind it. Tristan Gordet, uh, Poirier versus Gaethje Oliveira winner, sure, uh, if that fight gets gets made. Uh, Chandler uh, – I kind of mentioned this. Chandler versus Dos Anjos. And uh, and we've mentioned this as early in the show, Calderwood versus Calvillo rematch. So okay, I'm into that. A, a lot of rematch possibilities for for Calderwood. I think that's the, the the message to take away from here. Matt Bradbury always comes in with thirty ma- thirty matchups from the card itself, and then like <laughs> ten extra just bonus matchups. I guess just like what he was thinking of after this, you know, the, how it shook up how the whatever card shook up the landscape. Uh, Albazi versus Dvorak, both two and on the UFC. Great flyweights. I like it. Sarah McMahon versus Penny Kianzad. Yeah. Yeah. You're into that. Uh, Sarukian versus Gillespie. Sure. Again, whenever Gillespie's ready to come back. Uh, but again, I like the Trinaldo punishment fight. And then <laughs> this was almost my show st- my show ender because I like it because it's a battle of, and I'm just putting this in, in basic terms for the poster, good versus evil, the ultimate battle, uh, are, uh, Roxanne Modafferi versus Jessica I. And I'm not saying... I mean, well, literally evil, evil eye. Okay, I'm not saying eyes a bad person. I'm just saying Roxanne Metaferi has a very soft and gentle disposition, which many people like. Just a guy is a very confident, powerful woman, and does not always ingratiate herself with the fans. On so, okay, I'm being as diplomatic about this as possible, Mike. I'm being as diplomatic about this as possible. Uh, and they've never fought before for some reason. I thought they had probably because Roxanne's been around forever. But I think much like we saw some of that with this fight, huge fan following for JoJo. Uh, some animosity towards I. I think you'd see a lot of that in, in, with uh, Roxy and Jessica I as well. So I, I thought that was a cool matchup. I like it. You sold me, AK. 
Okay. Okay. Good. That's that's yeah. Good. I don't know if I can convince anyone else, but that is that's <laughs> one. Bobby at Bobby Atkins on Twitter came in with this. It's always a weird one. It's always uh, with this weird matchup, and it's always one where like some fighter has to go to a weight class, a different weight class. Uh, he wants to see Conor McGregor uh, go back up to 170 to fight Wonder Boy. Jeez. I'll tell you. You know what? I would love to see that for Wonder Boy. I would love to see Wonder Boy get that opportunity. Sure. And that'd be a wild fight. I don't like Connor's chances in that fight at all, though. Me neither. Me neither. It's too, it's it's. I guess people like it from the sense that Wonder Boy is probably not gonna like do what Poirier did to him and like take him out early. But it might be like a Jeff Neal. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not saying McGregor is like similar to Jeff Neal at all. I'm saying as far as the, how difficult the stylistic matchup is. But Connor's tricky too. Yeah. You know, Con- Connor might like that kind of strategic, tactical, like five rounder. It's really not something he's he's got to do in a long time. Like a strategical, tactical striking matchup. It's that's kind of cool. So again, at Bobby Atkins, shout out to you. I think that is my uh, for me. I think the reader submission of the week, and uh, I'm certainly happy to end the show with it. Yeah, that's interesting. Wonder Boy's a big guy, though. Yes. I mean, like Nate's not the smallest guy on earth. Cerrone's mm-hmm. certainly not the smallest guy on earth. But Wonder Boy's like, it'd be like Connor fighting a 200 pounder. Yeah, it'd be noticeable when yeah. you saw that. It'd be one of those things when you saw them face off. You'd be like, oh. Oh, oh, right. Connor's a Connor's a lightweight slash featherweight, not a not a not a welter. That's interesting. I, I mean, good Wonder Boy would Wonder Boy would like me for real. <laughs> I would love to. The NMF. Can you imagine the press conference for that fight? It'd be amazing. I mean, Wonder Boy I would mean, like <laughs> Wonder Boy would bring him like a video game system, oh, yeah. give him whiskey, and yeah, yeah. Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson would have to politely pass. Connor would have to <laughs> give him a bottle of Pellegrino instead. I mean, it would just be, it would be just good times. Good times. The readers rule. They do. The readers, you guys are so great. Keep sending them in. Uh, at Alex, thank you for <laughs> thank you for the prompt, Mike. At Alexander K. Lee on Twitter. Alexander K. K. Lee, same thing, just two Ks, on Instagram and Alex.Lee at SBNation.com, my email. Guys, hit me up. Yes, I am on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR, Instagram at M underscore Heck JR. Um, I haven't made this big speech about how I'm going to get better with Instagram on the show maybe Wednesday and haven't done anything at all since then. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, so, AK, for the first time since we began this wonderful podcast of ours, we're going to be off next week because there's no UFC card. Nothing to talk about. So... We are going to give you, the listeners, and ourselves a little bit of a breather of a little chart recharge of the batteries because you got a bonus show this week after the Wednesday card. So it all evens out at the end. We gave you a bunch of bonus content for the new year. I think we've done our part to, to, do, to do that for you. So uh, it all evens out at the end, in my opinion. So the week after, there's going to be no rest for a while because we're going to have a, a least... I mean, I think it's like a seven or eight weekend stretch where we have cards. Or I know it's all of February. I believe it's all of March, too. So we have like all of February and March. This will be the only week off we have for quite some time. Uh, but we'll be back next uh, two weeks from now to discuss the what's next following the UFC's return to Las Vegas on February 6th. I believe it's going to be UFC Vegas 18. That one is headlined by Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Huge fight for both guys. Uh, especially for Alistair Overeem. He's on this kind of like Ric Flair, 
tour trying to get back to the top or he's got to win every single fight or title shot just becomes non-existent for the rest of his career so fascinating matchup against the giant alexander volkov co-main event Corey sanhagen against frankie edgar great fight very important one uh we'll see another big fight at 155 diego fajeda and benil dariush that's a great fight a rematch from several years back and ak it's finally happening the long-awaited octagon debut of the former Ryzen Bantamweight champion Manel Cape against Alexander Pantoja. That's this so card's good. real good. This That's card's so real good. good, AK. That should be the main event. That or, <laughs> that or Edgar Sanhagen. Look, I, 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 look, Overeem Volkov, I think that's ending in a knockout. So that's a waste of rounds. You're just, you're just <laughs> wasting rounds there. You give those give those two extra rounds to uh, to either Pantoja or Cape. I, that fight could end in a finish too, actually. I don't know if I see that one going the distance. <laughs> they should have given those rounds to uh, to Edgar and uh, and Sanhagen. So I'm just saying. I, I, I'm a bit of an Edgar mark, so whatever. I, I, maybe, but uh, I wish one of those smaller smaller guy fights uh, was getting the main event spot. But yeah, wow, I'm just looking at the card now. That's real good. It's real good. I'm just, I'm looking at the rest of the card. Nico Montano is back against Carol Hosa. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, Nico. Nico, let's get, let's get back into action. <laughs> Uh, Cody Stamen was supposed to fight Murad Bualis Willie. That is not happening. He's now fighting Andre Ewell. Uh, Molly McCann versus Laura Procopio. Uh, Marion Renault against Macy Chieson. Mike Rodriguez against Danilo Marquez. Julio Arce versus Timor Valiev. Holy potatoes. There's your <laughs> under the radar fight for that card. Michael Johnson versus Clay Guida. Wow. Oday Osborne versus Dennis Bonder is on that card. Uh, Sungwoo Choi against. The debuting Colin Anglin, yeah. who just got who a contender series contract. Have, who we have mentioned on the show, Colin Anglin. We have brought up on the show before as a prospective matchup. So that he is at, he is he's becoming a real UFC fighter, guys. And the return to action for one Devante Smith. He is yes. back uh, after just a, a pretty gnarly injury. The loss to Kama Worthy. Uh, the the unfortunate loss of his sister. I mean, the guy has gone through so much over this last year and a half. He returns to face Alex De Silva. Uh, so happy to see Devontae Smith getting back in there as well. So that's a really good card. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going down on February 6th. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, we are out of time. For AK, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Remember, don't take this all too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll see you next time right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.